this week I've been praying through some different things, and I've gone a couple of different places. And this morning it kind of switched up again. But I want to talk to you a little bit about trust. Because I think one of the keys for us to get through all that we, all that we face and living in the life that we live today in the world we live in is we have to be able to trust God. And when we sing songs about God is good, if you don't feel that way, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hinder your trust. If you, don't, if, you, if you don't have a right perception of God, you're not going to trust him. And, and the Bible is very clear that we need to trust in God. He's our only, I'm telling you, he's the only, he's the only help. He's the only source. No matter who ends up, I say this all the time, but no matter who ends up in the White House, I'm just telling you, God is still on the throne and we're going to be fine. So relax with the Facebook stuff. Relax. It's going to be all right. I promise you. I promise you. It's going to be all right. And if we trust God, then we know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. So let's talk about this trusting God. Look at our main text here, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let, the, I'll let the nets down again. This time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught as the others were with them. His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. For now, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Before we get into all of our notes, I just want to mention this about this story. I've talked about this story in different ways, but there were some things that stood out to me differently when I read this. One is this, that here's Peter. He's washing his nets. He's doing what he knows to do. So Peter was a very good fisherman in the natural. That's what they did. That's, that's, that was their livelihood. They were fishermen. And Peter had gone out and fished, and he had fished all night. He didn't catch anything. Now, hear me when I say this. I know that we all, when it comes to fishing, you're going to have those moments. But think of it as far as just that part of his life at that moment was producing no results that he wanted. We all have times in our life we want to see something. We want to, we want to experience something. We want to see God do this. And we want to see God do this. And we want to, you know, and we try as hard as we can. And sometimes it feels like we just spent all night and we got nowhere. You ever had that feeling? You, 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 you try to do something. You try to do everything right. When it's all said and done, nowhere. You know, if you are around the church much, we are big Ikea fans by we, Patty. Uh, all these things that you, you buy, shelves, tables, they come in hundreds of boxes. And you have to put them all together. And it's rarely that I succeed the first time. Because I'm always like, okay, yeah, this is common sense. And then you put it all together and you realize, oh, that piece is on backwards. That, that part should be facing the back. 
but that was the first part that you put in that all these other parts fit around. So basically, you got to start over. I can't tell you the most frustrating thing to me is putting something together only to find out you have to do it all over again. It, it didn't work. That happens. I wish I could say it. it's only happened once. It happened a lot. One of the reasons we hired people is to put Ikea furniture together. <laughs> so thank God for Chris and Curtis that now put the furniture together. Um, and they read the directions and it goes much better. But we all have times like that where we do things and we, when we strive to get things right and when we're done, it's like it, it was a waste of time. We didn't, we didn't see the, the production. So here's Peter. They were out fishing all night. They caught nothing, nothing. So they're in. They're just cleaning up. It was an unsuccessful night. Jesus comes. He starts. He, he, he's, he's, this crowd has followed him. He had just <clears throat> finished feeding the 5,000. The crowd follows him. He gets in the boat, and he tells Peter, hey, can I use your boat? I want to speak to the crowd. So if he goes out, he can, he can see everybody. He, speaks to, he begins to speak, and when he's done, he looks to Peter, and he says, all right, let's go deeper. Now, I know that when it says let's go deeper, he's referring to water, and I'm not trying to be over-spiritual to say he's saying, Peter, like, let's go deeper, son, like, you know, spiritually deeper. But I also think that Peter was getting ready to go deeper on a spiritual sense. Because Peter, had no, <clears throat> Peter knew that everything he just tried to do, he was unsuccessful. And he knew about fishing. And, and I'm, not a, I'm not much of a fisherman. Um, I'm, I'm not at all a fisherman, actually. Just tell you, I'm not at all. I've gone. I don't like to bait the hook. I don't like to grab the fish that are on the hook. My wife does that. I don't mind telling you. Fatty, she's like, Rawr! she'll eat the thing, right? I mean, she doesn't care. She's, she's hardcore into that outdoorsy stuff. Um, but I have learned a lot from people that fish that the best time to go is in the evening, early morning. Uh, there's a lot of different times when, you know what, they're, they're at the great place where this is a good time to, to catch them. So Peter knows that. He knows one of the good times. He was out there at a good time and caught nothing. And Peter says, listen, let's go out deeper and we're going to catch some fish. And Peter could have had a lot of natural excuses about, well, you know, Jesus, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but as a fisherman, it, this isn't the right time. We've already been out there, and there's no fish out there. We're, we're good. And it could have been justified in the natural of what makes sense. But what I love about Peter is he says at that moment, he says, you know what, but because you say so, I'll do it. I'll trust you. You say do it. I'll do it. Knowing that he produced no results on his own, but he decided, I'll trust you because you say so. And he goes out, and he goes out, he throws his nets out, and there's, there's more fish than they can handle. And they have to get some help. And what I love about the story that I just recently have begun to uh, pick up on is you would think a lot of people tend to focus on the miracle. God did something. It worked. Jesus did, I mean, this miracle, and this miracle really happened. But it wasn't a result of Peter. It was a result of Jesus. And when it was all said and done, that whole catch, all that, other people coming out, he was so excited. All this fish, which was what he was out there to catch. All this fish, and he comes back, and it says they leave everything and follow Jesus. And begin to think, sometimes when we trust God, you know what, it'd be the, the, what the things we're trusting him for and what we're concerned about all of a sudden aren't even that important 
once we see him move. Once we see Jesus manifest his, his power, the way he did it and what happened isn't even as important. That what was the big deal? Is the miracle? Look at all these fish. Yes, it was a big deal. But you know what? It drew Peter to Jesus. It didn't draw him to, wow, look at all these fish. Hey, thanks, Jesus. And then he goes and just celebrates fish and just it's all about the fish. And sometimes I think we get excited about something that God does that God does, and we get so caught up in the things he's doing for us. It's like we get we put more focus and more excitement in, I've heard it said this way, in the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, like gifts that he gives us, than the presence of God, meaning him being with us. And I think that's one thing that I think Peter and, the, and James and John, they realize is, look, we're going we're gonna to follow him. This is the kind of stuff he can do. And if you do what he says, we'll produce results like this. More than just fish, but even fishers of men, even making a difference in other people's life. It starts with just trusting God at his word. And I, I, think, I think one of the things, the reason why we get uh, concerned sometimes, now there's natural Natural t- things that we see and know that can bring some concern. But if we stay in a place of fear and worry and anxiety and sorrow and struggle, sometimes that's linked to your lack of trust. Because if you know God's got you, then you're going to be all right. You know, Aiden, when he was up here, uh, the little baby, he wasn't holding on to me. He wasn't holding on to me. He just... As a, as a kid, he had, he, there was no thought in his mind he's going to drop me. See, he doesn't know about my kid. I mean, he, he doesn't know. It was an accident. But he, he doesn't understand. He didn't know. But the Bible talks about being like children and just trusting God because he's God. And if you know he's never failed you, you can trust him. And I want to encourage you in this day and age that we live in, you have to trust God. I I promise you, you won't make it without God's help. You will not thrive. You will not live to the fullest of the potential that God has for you if you don't trust God. There will be fear, worry, anxiety, struggle, lack of joy, lack of hope, if you're depending on anything else than God. So let's look at some of these scriptures. Look at uh, your first there. It says, trust in God alone. Look at Proverbs, I mean, Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. You know, before you can really trust somebody, you have to know them. Right? How many have ever had someone come up to your door selling something and you don't know them? You ever had that? Happens all the time probably. We had someone come up to our door one time and literally I answered the door and they're standing there with a notebook pad. He's like, man, I'm selling magazines and, some, and something else. And if I you just write, let me get your name down and I'll get you one. But I need the money up front. I'm like, excuse me. Uh, my driveway may not go all the way to the road, but I still know that's not a good deal. <laughs> I'm not giving you money because you have a notepad and you're telling me you're going to bring me a good book. That's not going to happen. And there was, just so you know, nobody fell for that. His notebook was empty, or else I was his first house, but his notebook, there was nothing. But I'm like, really, do you, do you think I'm going to just like, oh, he seems like a nice young man. Absolutely, man. How much is it? No, that, that's not going to happen. 
There's a lot of times where you, we don't trust people if we don't know them. We don't trust them. I know I told you this story, and I'm, I'm working on me as a pastor, learning to believe in people. But even times that people come outside of the church that just show up during the week or something and they need help, I, I have a hard time trusting. And I, I will, I'll put them through this test. This, you know, because if I wasn't in ministry, I'd be in the FBI and I was heading that direction. So I know how to kind of do some investigation. And uh, I told you a few weeks ago about the guy that came in and was writing everything down because he, he was deaf. He was writing everything down about he needed help. And I told Chris, I was like, I don't know if he's deaf. You know, and I'm, so I'm saying stuff. Well, service was over and there were still people in the foyer and everything. But I'm, I go down the hallway and I sneak up behind them. I know this is horrible. It was a total lack of trust. Total lack of trust. He's sitting right there by the wall, and I come behind him, and I smack the wall as loud as I could, like, wah! And he didn't even move. I said, help me, man. That brother's deaf. Because there ain't no way. There ain't no way. All right? But listen, though. But can I tell you, there have been a lot of people that their stories didn't line up. There's been a lot of people that just because someone says something, I don't necessarily believe it. And you got to be careful because there's a lot of people, and the Bible talks about those people in the last day that have itching ears, and they just want to follow any wind of doctrine, and they just want to go with whatever. And you have to make sure that you believe something that you know is true, and that your hope is in someone that has never or will never fail you. And we're going to go through this in a second, but I'm telling you, even people, good people, will still let you down. People that love you will still let you down. And it's not always on purpose, but it'll happen. As much as I love all of you, I may at some point let you down. Stop nodding. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Wednesday, you know, or whatever. All right, so sometimes we got to be still. We got to know God because you can't, you're not going to trust him if you don't know him. But if you know him, I promise you'll trust him. You won't even have to figure out a way to trust him. If you just get to know him, you'll trust him. And you know how you get to know him? You, you be still. Quiet everything else. Quiet all the other stuff. Have some time, just you and God. Everything else, put it away. Just you and God. It's tough. It's tough to be still. In, the, in this age that we live in, it's tough to be still. We have access to everything at any time. And it's tough sometimes to just decide, just going to be still. We were at a, um, it was a conference thing we were at, or we were ta- we were it was online, and we were watching it, and they started with, they were going to have this prayer time, and they said, okay, what we want to do is before we pray, let's just take two minutes of kind of like silence and solitude, like let's just quiet our minds for like two minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea, so I, they said, all right, ready, go, and I was like, Whoa. and I realized I can't sit still for two minutes without my mind going somewhere. And as funny as it is, I'm telling you, it is absolutely true. That I'm always either thinking of something or have something else going on or trying to, you know, just hurry and get through whatever, that I could not sit still. And I'm sitting there thinking, how long has it been? And I look at the timer, 15 seconds. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is impossible. It's tough. Try it. 
Go home and try it. Say, Lord, you know, your devotion. Start it off tomorrow. Just a minute, two minutes of just silence. Just, just silence. If you're anything like me, you, you won't make it 30 seconds. You already have a grocery list going. You'll have something. But we got to learn to be still. Shut everything down and know that he's God and get to know who he is. Philippians 3.8 says this. Everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Listen, nothing else. If you don't know Jesus, you're missing it. Nothing else matters. You can know people. You can know great evangelists, great speakers, great godly men. But if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't amount to anything. God wants you to know him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust God with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. See, in life, a lot of times, our first reaction is our own understanding. Our first reaction when we face a difficulty is for us to try to figure out what we need to do. And the Bible is helping us here to realize the first thing we need to do is put our trust in God. And say, Lord, show me. Because I can't, I can't do this. And if we seek his will, he'll show us the path to take. He'll lay it right out there for us. You got a business decision this week? Ask God. You have a situation where you, you have to make a decision about something that will drastically affect your family? Ask God. And then when he answers, you trust him. Because if he tells you that path, it means he's got something on there for you. And that's where he wants you, and he's going to bless you, and he's going to provide for you, and he's going to take care of you. John 14, 1, Jesus says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. How can you live a life without letting your heart be troubled? Then he tells you how. Trust in God. If your heart is troubled, here's what Jesus says to you. Don't let it be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in God. If, if I was to ask the question, I don't know what your response would be, but I think sometimes even for myself, I feel like I'm the one I can depend on the most at times because I know me. And I know that when I'm thinking about me, I will do what I feel like is best for me and my family. But sometimes I've, I begin to understand over the years that some of the things that God has asked me to do seem like it would not be the best for my family, but has actually turned out to be the best thing for my family. And that's where we have to say, listen, if, if we're struggling through whatever it is, got to get to a place where you know God. And when you know God, you have to begin to trust him. Trust is going to require, it requires believing in him, your faith in him to say, God, I trust you. And the Bible says that you can't please God without faith. It takes faith. I promise you in your journey as a believer, there will be steps you have to take that is just nothing but faith and trust. That's all it is. And it will be scary. It will be nerve-wracking. It will be, oh, I hope this is him. But you have to know, when you know that it's him, all those feelings that try to rise up, you have to just move through those and realize it's what he said. And Peter said at the beginning, because you say so, I'll do it. And then do it, and you'll see the good results from it. Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord always, 
For the Lord God is an eternal rock. Trust in him. Proverbs twenty two nineteen. I am teaching you today. Yes, you. So if you thought I wasn't talking to you, I'm saying yes, you. So you will trust in the Lord. So you will trust in the Lord. If I was to ask, don't raise your hand. I'm just asking. How many of you would just, and answer this in your mind, not out loud, okay? And don't look to your neighbor or your spouse. But if I was, how many of you say you completely 100% trusting in the Lord? I looked at my own life, even this week, and said, Lord, do I trust you in everything? And it's amazing that when when you ask the Lord a question, he answers you. And he's honest. And that's good, but sometimes it's, it's not good when you're on the receiving end of that honesty. And you realize, oh, yeah, you know what, I, I, I probably didn't trust you with that. Sometimes we, sometimes we jump ahead. It's like, God, I got this one. Just relax. I got this one. God's got you. He'll never fail you. He'll never let you down. All right, here's some things. To, that sometimes we, we end up trusting in, and it's wrong. It's misplaced trust. Look at these scriptures. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. Trust in your money, down you go. That, that easy. That easy. Trust in your money, goodbye. Down you go. Why? Because, see, money doesn't bring what God does. Money, money can't fix broken relationships. You make somebody really angry at you, you and your spouse having a difficult time, here, honey, take $100. It's not going to do nothing. They'll probably take it, but it's not restoring the relationship. It's not restoring anything. Listen, there's, there's wealthy people, miserable. I mean, miserable. They can buy anything they want, anytime they want, but they're miserable, and they give it all up to have peace. And sometimes we base our value in money. We, we base everything that we can do with money. And I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with having money. If you feel there is, give me yours. But I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with having it. But I will tell you this, the love of money is the root of all evil. Because if you're so attached to it that your hope and your trust and your faith is in money, you'll fall. And you'll be miserable. So don't trust. Don't trust in your money. Proverbs 28, 26. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. I wish I could say trusting myself sometimes is a great thing. Listen, it's foolish. For me to think I can accomplish things that God wants me to do. Listen, God would never. The things that God is asking you to do and his plans for you involve him. That you can't do without him. He wants to do supernatural things. All you can do is natural things. But with God, you can do, you can do supernatural things. You can go to places. You can, you, can, you can see things in your life that you could only see because of God. And if we trust in our, just our own insight, again, we talked about it a few weeks ago, our perception can be skewed. Our perception can be off. And if we're basing it on what we see, then we're making decisions because we see something a certain way. The analogy I used a couple weeks ago, if I say man-eating shark, you know, I want you to picture that. People picture this shark with 
blood and teeth, like, Rawr. and then I'm talking about a guy at Red Lobster just cutting into a piece of shark. However you want to see it, whatever your perception is, you're going to paint that picture. And if we, if we depend just on our insight, listen, we come up with things based on what our filter is, based on what we think it is. So if something is said and it, this is what it means to us, then we make a decision based on that. And it's not always the truth. It's not always fact. And you've got to be very careful, not depending on your own insight. 1 Corinthians 4, 3, Paul says this, matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. Then he says this, I don't even trust my own judgment at this point. Even Paul saying, look, there's times where I don't even trust my own judgment. I have made, I have made bad choices before where I trusted someone I shouldn't have or I felt like something was safe and it wasn't. We've all made those decisions. And God is saying, listen, trust me. And if you're trusting me, then I'll protect you. I'll protect you. But you can't depend on just your own insight and your own ability. You just can't. You need God. Psalms 34.10, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. See, sometimes the things that you think, you know what, I'm strong enough, I can do this, I can make this happen. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how strong you see yourself. You still can't produce what you need. You still can't. Even a strong, young lion, you think, okay, they could just tear up anything they find. There's times they still can. They still can. The only thing that will produce good things in your life is trusting in the Lord. That's it. And I know today, I, I even when I was going over, I thought, okay, this is, this is simple. Like, you're going to go home. What are you talking about? Trusting in the Lord. That's right. That's it. Put your hope and your trust in the Lord and in him alone. Psalms 41, 9. Listen to this. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food. Now, you know you got to be close to someone you share your food with. They've turned against me. Listen, I don't, I don't even, I hardly ever share my food. She's not in here. Even with Patty. My food is my food. But what he's saying here, look, even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, which we put our trust, and I'm telling you, it's happened and it will happen. The people that you sincerely love, and listen, they sincerely love you. They're still going to fail you at times. They're still going to miss the mark at times. Why? Because they're human. And you can never fully depend on trusting a human that they'll never fail you. I love people, but that doesn't mean I've never failed. It doesn't mean I've never handled something the wrong way. And even someone you think, okay, well, as long as I have them, I'm going to be all right. I just want to encourage you, they will fail you. It won't be intentional. It won't be anything, hopefully, that destroys the relationship. But there will be times that they fail you. So you can't even put your trust completely in another person. 
there's some sort of, you know, there is good things about having people around you that can encourage you and pray with you and help you. So I'm not saying that you just block everybody out of your life, but I'm saying your number one trust has to be in the one <clears throat> who will never, ever, ever, and has never, ever, ever failed. And that's in the Lord. Can't be in, can't be in a person. Now here's the good part about trusting God. Here's what happens when we trust him. Hebrews 10, 35. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Hebrews eleven six says that without faith it's impossible to please God, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, when you put your trust in God, you will benefit. I promise you, there will be rewards, there will be benefits that you get to walk in. Blessings of God. Because your trust is in him. And that, for me right there, that's enough to say I want to get to know him. I want to trust him. Because it's going to produce for my good. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Having trust in your life, not only does it fill you with joy and peace, but it gives you this confident hope. Because again, if your hope, if your hope is in a person, you know, it's, it's, it's not funny anymore. I used to say it's kind of funny, but it's getting ridiculous of the battle here with the president, who's going to be the president and all this stuff. It's just, it's, it's just a mess. And, but if your hope is in one of the candidates, doesn't matter who. I'm telling you, you're in trouble. You're just in trouble. And I'm not, I'm not putting either one of them down. I'm not, I'm not making a choice here or swaying how you, you trust the Lord. You pray. Vote. Pray. But even then, your hope is not in a person. One of the greatest things you can do even as a believer, and I, and I think we talk about this enough that hopefully it's, it's happening. But listen, as a church, your hope is not even in me. If you think, oh, you know, and, and trust, I think I've been to pretty much most every hospital visit that I've been aware of or some sort of connection. But you know what? Your hope is not in me. And, 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 and if you need me to have hope, then we got we to gotta go over this. Because all I'm going to do is bring hope and bring Jesus. But you can skip the middle, man, and get it yourself. Seriously. I don't mean that in a bad way because I know we need each other and we need to encourage one another. And that's why I do that. But listen, this is not a church that's going to depend on the pastor. We're going to depend on Jesus. Because you can access Jesus anytime. But if I'm on the other line or my phone's not charged or if something happened and I can't get the call and all of a sudden you're without hope, then I have done a disservice to you in equipping you for the work of the ministry. Because your hope is not in a person. It's not in a pastor. It's not in a leader. Your hope is in Jesus. And if you can connect to him, which you can, one-on-one, then you'll experience power and hope that comes from the Spirit of God in you. And that's what trusting God will produce. Daniel 6, 23, <clears throat> so where Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, and everybody thought, he's, he's gone. Here's what it said. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted up from the den. After they opened it up and realized 
But he's just down there with the lions just hanging out. Not a scratch was found on him because he had trusted in God. He trusted in God. God protected Daniel because he trusted. He trusted in God. Look at the next scripture. Psalms 91, 1 and 2 talks about God's protection over us. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. The reason you can say that he's my refuge and he's a place of safety for me is because I trust him. So I can run to him. I can run to him when things are going crazy. I can run to him when life is just a mess. He's going to keep me safe. He's going to be that safe place that I can, I can be while he helps me and speaks to me and teaches me what I need to know and prepares me for what's ahead. But we got we to gotta trust him. When we trust him, we'll see those things. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. When you put your trust in him, here's what you're doing. You're recognizing that he's got you. You're recognizing that he says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. And sometimes in, in life, when you know you have somebody with you that can do anything, that's greater than any other power, that's stronger, man, you have this confidence about you. You have this confidence about you. I know it's not the greatest illustration, but when I was little, I was skinny, like real skinny and really, really small. And things change. Um, and, and I was just, you know, I was picked on, had all kinds of, you know, just situations that just weren't fun. And, uh, and I remember one time there was this guy, he just kept picking on me. And finally there was a, a buddy of mine that was huge. And I told him, I said, listen, man, I'm going to, this guy better stop picking on me. He's like, listen, I got your back. I was like, oh, you do? And that's all I needed to know that Buck, maybe that's why I'm a Bucks fan, uh, Buck was right behind me. So this guy has been messing with me all the time. The next time he said something that messed with me, I got Buck. And when me and Buck walked up, oh, I wasn't scared no more. I was like, oh, what's up? What's up? You know, I'm tough now. I keep checking. Okay, Buck's here. All right, he's here. Don't be leaving, man. Don't be running off. But when you know somebody's with you that can take care of the situation, oh, we're much more confident. When, you're, when your little children were afraid and you show up and you pick them up, what do they do? They're, they calm down because you got them. When they know dad's around, they know mom's around, they know somebody's around, listen, all of a sudden peace comes. When you put your trust in God, you're saying, I recognize that God is with me. So when I face this difficulty, when I face this struggle, I'm going to go through it. Because Jesus, he overcame the world. He's already defeated the enemy. I got, I got the power with me. That's why we can trust him. Because he's there on battles that we can't handle, he can that's why it says, once again, when does God's strength manifest the most? In your weakness. That's a great thing to know, hey, I got, I got God with me that in my weakest moments, 
His strength works the best. And I'm going to be fine. I can trust him. All right, look at Proverbs 28.7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I will trust in him with all my heart. Listen to what he does when you trust him. He helps you. He helps me. My heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You know what's amazing? Think about, like, I love how it says it. I just burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Almost like you just, like, you just start singing songs. Could you imagine in the most stressful, difficult times, you just burst out with thanksgiving? You know, talk about people that would be like, what in the world? They just got this report. They just found this out. They're, just, they're walking through this major deal. And they're singing? Why? Because we're, our trust is connected to something deeper. I can be excited about life even when we go through difficult times. It doesn't mean I'm excited about the difficulty. But there's something in me that goes to a deeper place to say, what Habakkuk says, even though the fig trees aren't producing, there's no cattle in the stalls, yet I can still rejoice. So even though things are going crazy right now, I can still rejoice because of my salvation, because of my walk with God, because I have him on my side. I'm going to make it. Psalms 32.10, many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. As you put your trust in the Lord, you know what you're going to sense all day long? His love. You're going to know he's got you, like I was talking earlier about when your kids are going through something and they're, and they're struggling and they're nervous. Sometimes if you just pick them up, things just change because they know, hey, dad's got me. He's going to take care of me because he loves me. Those little songs we used to sing, some of the songs you sing when you're little, you don't realize how powerful they are until you're older. But if you really get the grasp that Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> the way you know it is because the Bible tells me so. Little ones, which all of us are, to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. He loves me. You should wake up in the morning and just look in the mirror and say, Jesus loves you. Tell yourself. Talk to yourself. I do it all the time. Encourage yourself that God loves you. And when your trust is in him, it means that, that he's the one you're depending on. And you, you, you reap all the benefits that come with knowing God. And you understand his love in a deeper way. All right, let's go to the next one. Those who listen... To instructions will prosper, but those who trust the Lord will be joyful. You know what joyful means? Full of joy. Full. Completely full of joy because you trust in God. There's no room for anything else. You're full of joy. When you, when you think of something that you like to be full, your, your dinner plate, all right, ice cream bowl, whatever it is. Sweet tea, like a full glass. You know, you get upset when they don't fill it all the way up. Yep, I'm with you. But when it's full, you know what that means? There's no room for anything else. There's, there's no room for anything else. Where does all the negative stuff go when there's no room 
They can't go. You're traveling, you stop at a hotel, they say, hey, there's no room. Guess what? You got to move on. So if there's no room because you have joy, you're full of joy, guess what? All that negative stuff has got to just move on. Because you're full of joy because your trust is in God. It's not in you. It's not in your own Isaiah 26.3, Bible says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You know, I've, I've had discussion with people before that says, well, it's impossible to stay at a place of peace. And I just say, well, if, if your trust is in God and your thoughts are fixed on him, it says he'll keep you there. He'll keep you there. That kind of peace is the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the kind of peace that when you're in the situation, you're wondering, how am I still at peace in this? And people are wondering. When the disciples wonder, how can Jesus be sleeping in this storm? Because that's the kind of peace that, that the Bible is saying we can have. That even in our storm, we know the promise that Jesus said to the disciples, we're going to the other side. And if he says we're going to the other side, just because you hit a little bump in the middle, God is still a God of his word. He told you that's where you're going. So just buckle up. Enjoy the ride. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. So if we keep our eyes and our minds fixed on him and we put our trust in him, he'll keep us at perfect peace. John 12, 46. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. That's not just a sense of coming into a place of salvation, but think about this. Have you ever felt like, have you ever made this statement? I was just kind of in the dark on that. Well, you, what means this, you don't know. You didn't know about it. You didn't know the decision to make. You didn't know, you didn't have all the details. You didn't know what you were supposed to do. Listen, when your trust is in the Lord, then even those things that you can't see, even those decisions where you can't, you don't know if it's going to be a good one or a bad one, you don't know what the result will be if you make this one or this one, and you're kind of in the dark on all the possibilities, God can still speak to you and show you exactly, light up that path that you need to take if you'll just trust him. He needs to be the first person that we ask. He needs to be the first one we go to when we face a difficulty. He needs to be the first one we go to when we need to make a decision. He needs to be the first one we go to when life hits and throws us a curveball. We need to get used to going to him first. Because I have learned, and it's just how the Lord leads me, that when people come to me and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I'm not sure what I need to do, my first question, have you prayed about it? Because that should be your first thing. I'm not saying God can't use people to help speak into the process. He can. We need that. Iron sharpens iron. We need each other. But our first, our first thought, our first step should be towards Jesus. Lord, I need wisdom. James 1 says when you need wisdom, ask for it. And he'll generously give it to you. You can trust him. He'll come through for you. And then the last verse, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Listen, here's how I want to finish up right now with this verse. The Bible is full of promises for you. Provision, protection, peace, miracles, healing, whatever it is you need, the Bible's full of those promises. And there's some promises that God has individually spoken to you about your future, about what you're doing or transitions you're making or steps you're taking. And he's spoken, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. This is the path I have for you. 
And he's saying, listen, trust me. And you need to know that God, I want you to know, God can be trusted that he will keep his promise. God told Patty and I, quit our jobs and step out. And I have something for you. And he just literally felt the Lord speak this to me. You're not going to have to get another job. When I found out we were going to plant a church, I'm thinking, how can I plant a church and not get a job? Especially the way you told us to plant it. We don't, we don't have a team. We didn't blitz the neighborhood. We didn't do this big promotion thing. We didn't do anything. We just started. Thinking, where's, where's it going to come from? And do you know the period when we left our jobs till we had our first service was 10 months that I didn't work or my wife. And I can tell you, I can stand before you today 100% confident that God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. God spoke to me and said partway through that he had a building for us. And I said something to everybody when we were down in the basement of the church we used to meet at. And I was like, I know God's got something for us. And we had a small group of people. And, and it was just like, how, how's that going to happen? But you know what happened? God kept his promise. And God knew about this place way before we did. And he knew how it was going to work out for us to get here way before we did. And I can stand here today and confidently tell you that God will keep his promise. No matter what it looks like. Everybody I talk to, it doesn't make sense to go that long. But you got to provide for your family. Your family's first. And I was like, I know. But I got to trust God. I got to, listen, your place of faith you're going to have to make that step at times to trust. And I want to encourage you with something. I was talking to somebody this, this week about this. And I was, sometimes we want to get all the facts. And the more facts we can get, the less nervous we are about the decision. And sometimes we have this big step ahead of us. And, and we want to try to get all this information to make that step as small as possible. And I'm telling you, sometimes God wants you to just take a big step. Just jump out. Just do what Peter did when Jesus says, come, just get out of the boat, put your feet on the water, and watch him do a miracle. Watch him do something for you that you would have never believed, that you would have never seen, that would never affect your future like it would if you would take that big jump. Because today I can tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't lose any sleep over God's provision. I don't lose any sleep of are we going to make it. Because I am so confident and solid that God will keep his promise. It doesn't matter what he tells me. I will do it. I will empty our account today. I'll do anything he tells me to do because he has been more than faithful. Every step of the way. And if we're waiting, then we're, we're, our trust we can, it's not trust if you get all the facts and then you do it and you already know it's fine. Trusting is falling back when you don't know if anybody's there. Trusting is taking a step when water's not supposed to hold you. Trusting is throwing your nets when you've never caught anything already. Trusting is doing those little steps. Trusting is striking the water when, or the Red Sea when the enemy's coming behind you thinking, what's going to happen? Well, I don't know, but God said, so I'm just going to hit it. You know how stupid he would have looked in his own mind to think, Splash, big deal. So we get wet before we die. No, he knew there was something. He trusted God. And he said, doesn't make sense, but I'll strike the water he did. And there's a path. Sometimes it's the trust step that goes first. And then you begin to see what God already saw. Psalm 77, 19 said that path was already there. It already says it was already there. Trust God. <laughs>